What's up, Fantasy Alarm family? It's time for another family meetup, the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells. Guys, what's going on deep in the heart of the fantasy season? Hallam, what's good? We are a third of the way through the season already. This is week seven kicking off tonight. It's 11, 12 a.m. Thursday where I am. Uh, so it's flying. I can't believe it's week seven already. Uh, knee deep in bye season, knee deep in, uh, you know, people panicking that are, that are, you know, not doing well. So it's a, uh, it's a crazy time of year. What's going on cells. Yeah, man. I couldn't believe I, you know, doing the, the game previews that are out now on fantasyalarm.com. me and Britt Flynn split those up and we were both going, it's already week seven. Like this is like, this is nuts. But by the way, when you write content for fantasy football, you love nothing more than bye weeks because oh, it means absolutely. less games to break down. <laughs> so like the last two weeks, we've had 14 games to do instead of 16. So that's been, it's been a little nice. It's like a thousand less words we got to, <laughs> we got to write. So that's, that's I, a little nice. I love bye weeks. Yeah. And soon enough, you'll have six teams off and everything like that. So even it'll get even better. This season's been tough, guys. I, I got to say this. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times, but it's been a lot more unpredictable. It's been a lot more random. It's been truly players coming through for maybe a week or two and then kind of tapering off. We talk about players like Jamar Chase, who were very underwhelming until all of a sudden he goes into a matchup with Marshawn Lattimore out and he completely destroys it. it that's, it's one of those things, guys, where it's been hard for me. And I'll say this, and I'm sure there are plenty of people out there, plenty of Fantasy Alarm family members, maybe even you guys, I'm in a league where I'm the defending champion and I'm one in five. I just drafted a team of underwhelming performers, players that are drawing zeros in isolated weeks like Elijah Moore. And when you just draft a team with just the poor ingredients, sometimes even making one trade just doesn't help. I'm either one in five or five and two, uh, five and one in my leagues. There's really no in between for me. I don't really have any three and three teams. Or, or four and two teams. I mean, they're doing really well or really bad. It, it has been a wild kind of year. Yeah, I'm I'm middle of the road in most of mine, which is weird because I have a, several different, like, player groups that I have on each of those rosters, and they all just seem to be mediocre. So, um, and throw a little shout-out to Scott Simpson here on Twitter who pointed out that fantasy scoring this year is down 22% so far from what it was last year. So, uh, offenses suck. We all know that, but it's just been, it's just been tough. Like I thought I was going to have, I got a steal on Joe Burrow. No, apparently this was not the year to get Joe Burrow. Um, I've got running back cores of like uh, Aaron Jones and Zeke. And both of those dudes have sucked. And then I have Kareem Hunt who apparently never sees the field. And Melvin Gordon, apparently, I don't know blinked wrong or something because Nathaniel Hackett decided that a washed up with Davius Murray was better last week. So yeah, I'm getting no help in basically any of my leagues. But the offense is like that. We, I think we didn't expect to be so bad that that's really hurting like Tampa Bay who thought their, their offense can be this mediocre green Bay. Uh, can't get out of their own way. The Colts, uh, you know, kind of thought they'd be better than this. So, you know, they have the Rams. Rams. Yeah. I mean, there's so many teams. Even Vegas, I mean, I, I think, you know, they're having, I guess it's really just, well, obviously Waller, but, it, you know, Adams is doing okay most weeks. Josh Jacobs is having a pretty good season, but, you know, 
Carr has been off. And that's on top of the and Denver. I mean, who thought you know, we all thought Russell Wilson was going to be this good savior there with their receiving so core. The networks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on top of the offenses that we knew were going to be bad, like Chicago and Pittsburgh and New England, and 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 we have these four or five offenses that we thought were going to be good that are bad. So it's uh, it's certainly you know the twenty two percent. I saw that number too, but I mean that goes for everyone's team. So, uh, right. But yeah, there's there's just been so many offenses that it's just underwhelmed on top of the ones we already knew were going to underwhelm. And this has been a, a weird kind of season. And while I do think Cincinnati's going to turn it around, I don't think green Bay is, I don't know that Tampa Bay is, you know, it, it's uh, I don't think Denver is. So we'll see uh, how it goes for the rest of the season. You see the Buffalo bills rip apart, tear apart the Steelers. And then the bucks come in and not only lose the game, but don't do anything. I was looking at Mike Evans receiving yard props. They were at in the in the low 60s, and I was laughing. I was dying laughing. I said, how doesn't he go over this mark? They just yep. got torn apart, and you're seeing nothing but Brady yelling at the O-line, and you're seeing Pittsburgh win that game. If you're thinking that's a lock, that was one of the biggest locks I thought coming in to last week. Tampa Bay was going to beat them, let alone cover that spread. Not only did they, the, the, but they had lost a corner the week before, and then two more corners were inactive for the game. So they were down three corners going into it on an already suspect defense, and they still couldn't take advantage of it. That was a yeah. shocker for me, too. I, I, I have no idea. Apparently, divorce is not good for Tom Brady because he's one in three since that report came out, apparently. So it's that's that's not great, but I'm with you. That was a shocker for me. The way the Jets just went into Lambeau and flat out destroyed the Packers. Like, yes, the Jets are burgeoning, but I didn't think the Packers were going to rebound from a Giants loss by only putting up like 10 points against the Jets. Like, The Jets have been, by the way. Wait, can we talk about the Jets offense? Because yeah, it's really. It's, it's so annoying. For it's really, yes. it's, it's, it's Brees. Everyone who has Brees Hall thinks the Jets' offense is going to be the best thing since sliced bread. But if you have the problem is when you have their receivers on that slice of bread is a smooth over thin layer of butter because nobody is getting the majority of that target share to even be worth a damn to start in fantasy. Well, he's not throwing to any of the wide receivers. No. I mean, yeah. Elijah Moore had no targets. Garrett Wilson had one catch, and then Corey Davis had two. I mean, Conklin's not getting it. He's only throwing to the running backs. <laughs> like, what kind of – I know they're winning, and that's all that matters in football. Players don't care about fantasy football, except for, like, Austin Eckler and a couple other guys. But, Jesus Christ, this offense is – I don't even know what to call no, they it. Got, they is got it Denver. They've got Denver this week. They're yeah. gonna be, it, that's going to be pretty suffocating for those receivers. That's going yeah, to be an unwatchable game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be un- I just got bored just thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, I, look, yeah, I've seen petitions on Twitter start up to get Joe Flacco back under center because at least the Jets wide receivers are getting targeted at that point. Bullcrap because they're winning games. I know. I'm saying it like I don't want it to happen either. I want Zach Wilson. You drafted you're Zach Wilson. You're the future of the franchise. You spend a second right. overall pick because everybody's thinking fantasy. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. It's they're winning clearly, games. It's clearly from a fantasy perspective that people want their Jets wide receivers, namely Elijah Moore, to get targets. And that's not happening with Zach Wilson. But I'm like, 
Yeah, but as a Jets fan, I want Zach Wilson because you need to develop the guy and they're winning. So there's no impetus to take him out, right? And you mentioned how bad the Bears' def- uh, offense was. Going into, I think it was week seven, the Bears had actually outscored the Rams. Oh, my God. That's weird to think about. It's a very weird stat. But, yes, the <laughs> that's not the weirdest stat I saw this week, though. I saw that uh, Russell Wilson has seven more bathrooms in his house than he's thrown touchdowns this year. <laughs> <laughs> he has 12 bathrooms in his house. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's like, that's a phenomenal stat. But here's the question I always ask about bathrooms, guys. This is very key, at least for me. Do they have fans in the bathrooms? Oh, yeah. I need that proverbial wall, guys. I need that. It's the only good sound Russell Wilson's going to hear from a fan. So, wow. Look at that. Faith, football, pooping. You know how life works. That's like the first thing when I go to a hotel. You got to go in and turn, turn on the light in the bathroom here to see if there's a fan or not. Yeah. That every bathroom should have a fan in it. Okay. It's let's go. It's and you should want that if you're moving into a home. You don't want, especially if you're going number two and you're loud and everything, you, you, you gonna want you want that proverbial wall. Get the this, fan. This is taking an odd turn into like a Seinfeld <laughs> episode or something. <laughs> but it's I mean you 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 mentioned bathrooms. This is your fault, cells. <laughs> you know what else is probably your fault? Why Cam Akers? And the Rams need to get divorced. You know why? Because I drafted him. That's Me why too. it's my fault. Me too. I mean, guys, what do we do with him right now? I have I have a share of him. Do we drop him? I have a league. With, I'll give you the scenario. I have a league that I'm the one in five league, of course. That short benches. It's in an industry league. Short benches. I don't know what to do with this guy. Do I just freaking drop him at this point? At one in five, you probably have to uh, if there's anything somewhat worthwhile in the waiver wire because he's not landed anywhere yet. Sells probably knows off the top of his head, but I don't when the trade deadline is, but it's got to be kind of soon. But I think it's after week eight, if I'm not. But maybe so you got this, this this weekend one more. I mean, he's certainly not seeing the field, and you know, obviously the Rams are looking for something in return, or he would have been Robbie Anderson and sent somewhere for a sixth round pick. So if you're one in five, I mean, maybe try to throw out a couple. Trade to to the top to try to get something for him, but dude, what is what uh, it's the trade deadline 4 p.m. Eastern November 1st, which is the Tuesday after week eight. So, so yes, yeah. so I mean, so you're sitting on two more weeks. So, I mean, if you're one in five, clearly you don't have a lot of other. It, but Ryan, let's just say like, and I know that they got Williams and stuff like that, but let's say like Williams is still banged up, and let's say Henderson suffers a pretty major injury. I mean, are they just they forced at this point to bring Acres back in? I know I can't play fantasy like that, but I'm trying to think if there's any justification for me to keep this guy at this point. Trade trade Cam Akers for Melvin Gordon. Solve two running back problems at the same time. <laughs> I mean, if those two unlikely scenarios happen, sure. I mean, then I imagine they would put him back on the field, but uh, that that seems to be that's a lot to ask for in 12 days. Yeah, it sounds like there's. Something else going on here. Oh, absolutely. And performance. It sounds like he just doesn't like anything about the Rams at this point, given the the quotes that Sean McVay has been on record with the last week about how they're trying to work something out and it's off the field and they're not really going to get into it. Yeah, that tells me he's very unhappy. He's pulling a Robbie Anderson, but quiet quitting. Like, 
That's <laughs> that's what it appears to be. I'm I'm with you. I don't know what to do with him. I have him in uh, the league, the Yahoo League. You commish there, Fensty. And I've thought about dropping him for like three weeks because I'm like he's just eating a spot. There's no defenses or kickers in that league, so it's a it's a very short bench in terms of skill position. Um, so I I don't know. I keep going. Well, maybe if he gets moved, maybe he's got value, and I don't want to. You know, let him go in case he gets moved, and then I lose out on the waivers. But here's what I'll say, and this is just looking at it very subjectively. Even if he gets moved, have we seen enough to say that he's going to walk into a different situation and be the guy and be successful? I like Cam Akers. I drafted him several times, but are we sure he's going to be good? So now we're holding on to a guy that we really only have a little sample size of success with some, uh, probably an equal sample size of not success, hoping that he goes somewhere else and finds other success. And in a league where you're one in five, I I don't think you can hold him. Guys, let's talk about another team here that has just been off to a very good start. Not too much to write home about from the fantasy side of it outside of Saquon Barkley, but the Giants. Five and one. I'm pretty surprised. I did not think they were gonna beat they were gonna beat Baltimore. And it's starting to make me wonder if this team is a bit legit with the new coaching regime. And here's the weird thing with them. I mean, we talk about the Jets and how they have so many receivers and everything. They the Giants don't have many legit receivers, and they're still managing to win games. Tennessee, Carolina, Cowboys without Dak, Chicago. We just talked about Green Bay. Okay, the win against Baltimore was good, but they were Baltimore buried. lets everybody they were, win. They were buried statistically. Baltimore got two, two times the yards they had. I mean, they pulled it out on a turnover and a couple lucky plays. I think the Giants are the most paper five and one team in the history of the NFL, except for maybe Minnesota. Minnesota is also five and one, and them and the Giants are going head to head for the worst five and one team ever. It might be the Giants, though. It might, it it might be. I, <laughs> I don't know how you win five games without a single wide receiver. Like, how, how does, how does that happen? None of their wide receivers are good. I mean, their defense has been far better than we thought they were going to be. I have yeah. to say that, and that is how they're winning. It's certainly not Daniel friggin' Jones. You're right it's about the schedule, Ryan. It's going to get harder for them. Like, they have at least the two Eagles games that are coming up later in the season. They just happen to get lucky, face the Eagles late, because they're not beating the Eagles either time, I don't think. Oh, God, no. They're going to get blown out. But they, yeah, I mean, they have Jacksonville this week, who is a winnable game. Seattle the week after that is a winnable game. Houston, then Detroit. I mean, they have more winnable games in front of them. Uh, Then they got Dallas, Philadelphia twice. Uh, in you know, I don't know they'll be Indianapolis, and then week 16 against Minnesota, maybe it'll be two 14-1 teams by then. Uh, but yeah, they they've just a cakewalk schedule, and they're they're taking advantage well, of it. I mean, they're winning games, but uh, and there's nothing impressive to me uh, uh, offensively about the Giants. The defense has been solid, though. I can't sure. take that away so, from them. So everybody complains about the schedule, but the NFL schedules you against similar teams, right? If you finish last in your division or second to last in your division, you're going to play those teams the following year. The best team, the playoff teams, get the toughest schedules. Look at the Chiefs' schedule. The Chiefs schedule is like the toughest in the league, right? Based on last year's um, winning percentages and whatnot. 
So, yes, is it a cakewalk schedule? Sure, but it's expected to be based on where they finished the year before. And, you know, they're taking advantage of it. It's like the old college line. Did they play anybody? No, but they beat everybody they were supposed to. So I, I can't hammer them for doing what they're supposed to. But, yes, I agree that they're they're not an impressive 5-1 and one right now. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably finish with a pretty decent regular season record and get absolutely pounded in the playoffs by somebody. Also, there's not a lot of good teams oh, in the NFC. Wide yeah. open, I got to figure the Rams are going to figure it out at some point. I just don't understand how they're this bad. Like, they didn't – all they lost was Beckham. And, and Gay Allen Robinson. Robert I mean, Wood. But he was out for half the year last year. Yeah, but then they subbed in OBJ. Well, you got to figure that. I mean, let's look. I mean, is Robert Woods this year that much better than what Allen Robinson is? I mean, I think that's at least somewhat of a lateral move. Okay. But you're also considering Tennessee's offense, which runs the ball all the time with Ryan Hannahill, compared to a pass-happy offense with Matt Stafford. A healthy Matt Stafford. Maybe, yeah, maybe the, maybe the elbow is a bigger problem than they, you know, they let on early in the season. Well, I don't maybe know. Sean McVay really should have retired. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, I, sells, he sells, he's like younger than you. He's 36, I know, but he said he was, he was leaning towards retiring last oh, year. Yeah. He almost went to TV. Back. Yeah, maybe he should. But like, if you think about the Rams offense, logically at this point, they have a bad offensive line, right? They have no trustable running backs. And the only weapon is Cooper Cup. It's an injured Matt Stafford throwing to a quadruple-covered Cooper Cup. That's the entire offense. So can we really be that shocked that their offense is that bad when they have no weapons and basically none of them are healthy aside from Cooper Cup? Tyler Higby's been targeted a lot overall. Yeah, that's because it was Sean McVay's first draft pick in the first round, so he's getting me <laughs> of, of him. But he could also be getting targeted because Matt Stafford can't throw the deep ball. That's like, true. His elbow is busted, man. Like, he probably shouldn't be playing. The only reason he is is because the backup quarterback is terrible and doesn't even know where the out-of-bounds is on the field. Crazy. We'll have to see if the Rams get it together. We'll have to see if the Rams figure something out with Cam Akers either because – for those that have him, I get it's it's a, even a running back of intrigue. It's hard to want to give up on that running back. But if you're in a situation like I'm in, when you're one and five and every roster spot is just so critical, and this is a team where I now have to roster two quarterbacks because I've got some underperforming dude named Russell Wilson who <laughs> now also hurt in three, two, three different spots. So because of that, I I'm now forced, and I'm probably going to just have to drop him. And that's just the way it's going to be. That's that's part of it with fantasy. I don't like dropping running backs like that. But this guy, from everything we've read thus far, from what we know right now, he's not coming back. So, hey, Ben Steve, whose TikToks would you rather watch, Jackson Mahomes or Russell Wilson's? <laughs> Neither. Can I just? Can I not? <laughs> no, you have to watch. You you have to watch one. I'll probably go. I'll probably go with Jackson Mahomes. Probably be more entertaining. That's what I. That's what I said too. I did, like his. Like Russell Wilson's TikToks are it's just boring, Ryan. Like, come on, you know, it's Jackson Mahomes. You get like a little bit more spice. I feel like 
Oh, is that what we call that? That spice? No, I just I mean, more than just the subway ad, right? Or whatever the hell sandwich he's hawking in, in the next video for Russell Wilson. Yeah, did I see one this morning? He was like eating it with a fork and knife. I'm like, this is just, they're both terrible. I just hate everything that ends with Mahomes. <laughs> what about, <laughs> what about Brittany Matthews? Is that his wife? Yes. Yeah, she's related. Yes. Oh, she's the first one. That I, she's the one I hate the most. And then her husband, and then the brother. He's a, he's a distant third. Wow. I, so if any of the Mahomes family is listening, we're yeah. sorry. And Ryan's opinions I, do not represent all of ours. And I'm sure I'm you're not very, sorry at all. I'm sure you're a very nice family. Jeez. But what are you basing that on? Those two assholes? No way. Mahomes is a perfectly nice dude. I beat my team in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. So now, yeah, and now Marcus Mariota beat you by two touchdowns for the only double-digit non-one-possession win of the year. Like, how is that the same? It's losing the Super just Bowl. Just saying, you're you're bitter about like your team just didn't show up. He played better. What do you want to do? I don't want to hate his whole family because a guy had a good game against. Oh no, no, no! I hate the rest of his family because of them. Her with her goddamn videos screaming in the friggin' crowd and dousing everybody with champagne and his stupid brother for doing these stupid dances and acting all entitled and he wouldn't be anything if his brother wasn't an NFL quarterback. That's why I don't like them. Him, I just don't like as a football. Jackson Mahomes, but his wife is a high school sweetheart, man. What does that have to do with her? The way she acts. I'm saying she didn't latch on to him at like Texas Tech six weeks before he became the number ten overall pick. Oh, I've been don't together care. for like forever. So it's, leave her it's alone. Not the, She's not a supporter guy. It's not her story. It's just she, I, I, I you know I don't maybe I've blocked the name on Twitter. I haven't seen a video from her for a while. But around 2018, 2019, when she was just open mouth screaming her face off every week uh, i just yeah to support her guy i love love how ironic it is i love how ironic it is that the guy that is wearing a hat that says we are family on it (laughs) hates everybody the entire mahomes family interesting ironic right there and with that let's go to the family table ryan any any other families that you want to diss on in this episode of Family? I Dog? guess he loves. I guess he loves Brady for leaving his family and choosing football over his family. I'm guessing that's where we're going with this. I have no problem with Tom Brady. I know everyone hates him for winning all. Of I mean, I got tired of it for a while because he won all the time. But I, I don't have a real problem with Tom Brady. I also, now that he's divorced and left his family for a terrible. He's, first team. of all, he's not divorced. And second of all, this is not a new opinion. It has nothing to do with his divorce. I just wish he'd throw some touchdowns because I drafted him after last year and he hasn't <laughs> done anything. So I don't care if we divorced, separated, throuple. I don't really don't care what his off the field situation is. I would like him to start throwing some touchdowns, and preferably to Chris Godwin this week because I put him in my article. But anyway, uh, now I'm all thrown off. Now, uh, let's see. Uh, I forgot what I was going to do for the family times. Uh, I got a new bracket. Why don't you talk about thruples more, Ryan? <laughs> I just I don't understand. Like I don't understand how that works. First of all, I, I have a I'll very explain, Ryan. I'll explain it to you off the air. I have a I have a friend that is involved in a thruple. Oh, that's awesome! I mean, yeah. I'm <laughs> I uh, I am pretty good disappointing one woman at a time. I don't know that I could handle the the disappointing two. 
All right. Is that what you're bringing to the family table? Sounds good to me. Okay. Matt Sells, what are you bringing to the family table, Sells? Now I'm all thrown off by the word thruple. Like that, like that's a weird, that's, that's a weird, that's a weird word. It's a relationship um, status. What am I bringing to the, geez, I feel like I'm unprepared for, for this particular. We only, we only do this every week, Cells. So, you know, I know it's a new, <laughs> I know it's new and cunning edge. What but... I will say is if there are two sports that are similar, can we please adjust the freaking start time so that the fans don't have to pick between one or the freaking other? F1, you had literally an entire year to look at the schedule and figure out you were going to be scheduled right up against the third to last NASCAR race of the season on Sunday. And you're both in the U.S. F1 is in Austin, Texas at COTA this weekend. NASCAR is at Homestead, Miami, outside of Miami, Florida. And they start the races within a half hour of each other. Granted, you tried to avoid kickoff for NFL. Congrats! But... You also screwed over your European viewers because it's seven hours later there. So now it's nine o'clock at night. So they got to stay up late on a Sunday to go watch an F1 race that doesn't actually mean that much because first half and already won the title. I'm just saying, when you're competing for the same viewers or you want to grow the sport, schedule it two different times because this is not the first time that this has happened this year. It's not the first time that, that similar sports have done the same thing communicate with each other talk hey we want this time slot okay so we'll bump it two hours earlier that way everybody can watch the same stuff indycar does the same thing their season's already over so we're in a world in which the internet is everywhere communication is very easy and you all schedule races for the exact same time on the exact same day in the exact same country that seems fairly stupid to me. <laughs> yeah, you would think good communication. That's that's very important in life, in television, scheduling, and everything. But and and in throuples, communication yes. is very important. Yes, that's I, very, I would imagine. Yeah, you got. I would assume. Yes, you got to maintain <laughs> that that balance and stuff like that. I'm sure. I'm going to talk about basketball season because the NBA has kicked off this week, and we've got a lot of coverage on FantasyAlarm.com for those that still hang with the season-long grind. I got the weekly player rankings that go up every Monday. I update an injury chart every week, also waivers as well. We'll be talking throughout, and we have Discord going on too for those that are playing in season-long leagues. And hey, for DFS, we not only have value vaults, but playbooks. We also have even stuff for prize picks and underdog. And I do the DFS NBA starting five videos for that too. It's going to be a great season. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of new, new rookies that are very intriguing. And I'm looking forward to talking with all of you about it on fantasyalarm.com. You all know that I love basketball. It's the best time of the year with all four sports going on. But basketball, that's my main squeeze right there when it comes to my favorite sport. And I'm just so pumped to take a bite right into this season. Matt Sells, give him a follow on Twitter at the Sellsman. Ryan Hallam, give him a follow on Twitter at Fighting Chance, not at Thruple, at Fighting Chance. <laughs> I'm at Fenty Sports, and a family that sticks together wins together. Good luck this week.